1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. Ah, with the crack of the bat, there we are. We are off on another episode in our adventure that's called the Detroit City of Champions podcast and uh, highlighting the three books that uh, author Charles Avison wrote. And we are here uh, in the lair, in the pen, in the on den. location, <laughs> in Charles Avison's place, the, the desk where we're in the in room Detroit, where it happened. Yep. I wanted to be in the room where it happened, and uh, here we are. Yeah, a lot. Um, spent a lot of time in here working, writing, and um, now we're actually telling the story. Yeah, uh, so we're moving around, finding right. different homes for the podcast, different places to be, different stuff to do, and uh, so we're like, Charles is like, come on up to my my apartment, and I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> on location. That's what they call it, on location from uh, you Because know, from uh, all the, the, we kind of took a break from the Red Wings because uh, we were celebrating Champions Day and we recorded down at the museum, which was which was a ride. That was cool. The, the museum was and great. And then just, yeah, get right up on the mic too. But, uh, and, uh, yeah, because we're different microphones, so we got to figure out how we're doing it. Yeah. But uh, then... There was a cool uh, thing, uh, Bill Caputa from uh, oh, that was PBS cool, yeah. and One Detroit uh, came down and shot some footage, and he heard about the story, and he's like, "How is it? How doesn't more people know about that?" I go, "That's what we've been asking ourselves over and over." So he shot this pretty cool little ten-minute feature, yeah, uh, and kind of focused on the plaque and then uh, well, the overall he, story. To be honest, he shot like it was probably eight hours worth of footage, man. He, like I, he was in, he was here in my apartment for four hours, and yeah. Um, we were he's he shot me he, he got quite a few different spots that he filmed me in yeah and but like it was crazy because I couldn't believe I was like how are you gonna condense this all down into into nine or whatever minutes? yeah it was like and 10, he did 10, you know yeah. I was like geez like it was a good story it was a good little story so yeah that was fun so people and a bunch of people found us uh, through that so we appreciate that's the people great, yeah that uh, found us because of the the PBS piece uh, so thanks to and PBS for, those that for have uh, it, shining a light on on the story that we've been trying to shine the light on yeah and we can share the link you know we'll maybe put the link and we'll embed so it in the video people, or something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. people, so need people to, can see the pbs thing i guess i could have shared it on facebook or something we will so we'll share that. that'll be cool. on that'll be on facebook and everything too but uh follow us that's the new thing podcast you don't subscribe to podcasts anymore you follow it yeah and uh, and youtube we have a youtube show so you subscribe YouTube to channel. youtube yeah subscribe to youtube and we're, and we're this today's our first episode we're actually broadcasting live on facebook uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry youtube yeah yeah we're so, we've only been streaming on facebook and now we're streaming onto the yep, youtube so if you subscribe too. to the youtube channel you actually get the alert that says that uh um, that we're, you know, we're going live, live on, on but on it's, it's kind of cool. So thanks to everybody who's, uh, joins us for this party, uh, as we do it. We really, really appreciate you that if you uh, are listening uh, and you haven't followed or subscribed so far, please do so. And then, uh, yeah, we're unfolding the story. So when we last left the Red Wings, uh, we were talking about the hitless wonders because the season started out like rocky, horribly. rocky, horribly. Yeah, yeah, and the pressure was on because you know. Well, they lost to the you know. The, that's why I love. That's why I love to tell this you know to, to really spend some time on all the different uh, segments. Yeah, because prior to the season, as we mentioned. The red, you know, the, the Red Wings had lost to their minor league team, the Detroit Olympics. <laughs> so they lost to their minor league team. We might field the darn minor league team. Exactly. Like this is so Adams, you know, they spent a bunch of money on these guys. You know, they bring yeah. in Sid Howe and um and uh Scotty Bowman. Right. And they, you know, and they they bring in like, you know, Heck Kilria. Uh, you know, they sign him. You know, they they just they're bringing in all these guys and you know, they trade for Marty Berry, who's one of the best centers in the league. They trade their lone all-star to get Marty Berry. Mm-hmm. Uh and and they, you know, they're, so they're assembling what they think is like sort of an all-star squad and and then they go and they lose to the minor leaguers in a three-game series ah. prior to the season. So Adams has got to be like, "What is going on?" Like you know, he knows he's not going to use the minor leaguers for the season, but he knows also that I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not a great way to start your year is to lose your minor leaguers. And so then, of course, he follows up the loss of the minor leaguers with a horrible start to the season, where they're like, we as we walked through last last episode, um, it's like tie game, tie game, loss, tie yeah, game, tie yeah. game, loss. <laughs> you know, then yeah. it's like there was like their fifth or fifth sixth game of the season, they get their first win, and then it's like. Law, you know, tie, tie, loss, law. You know, it's just like it's just not. It seemed like it was. Yeah. And they were called in at that point. The newspapers are calling the hitless wonders, 
And then uh, it was going into the Boston game. It was going to the Boston game, um, which was uh, which I think it was game ten or whatever. I don't know. But it was um, so it was like the ninth or tenth, tenth game of the year, something like this. And um, anyway, so it was so the newspaper reporters, as we detailed in the last episode, uh, the newspaper reporters go to the game and they're prepared to write this story about how the Red Wings are like what's wrong with the Red Wings. And they, by this point, they were, the newspapers were openly calling them the hitless wonders because they just could not seem to score. And it was, and then that's what we talked about in the last episode, the article where he said, the newspaper reporter actually said, we went to Olympia to conduct, uh, you know, the, our questions on our mind was what's wrong with the Red Wings. And so they went to the game with that predisposed, like that was all, they were prepared to go and say what's wrong with the Red Wings. Right. But by the end of that game, they were like, there's nothing wrong with them because they beat Boston. It was yeah. a small, it was like the score I think was two to one. But that game is what all it was when they clicked, and anybody that was watching could tell that they clicked. Yeah, because Boston was a great team, and they're in. Uh, they had some of the best players in the NHL. From in fact, that Boston. was well. That was a team that Cooney Weiland, the All Star, <laughs> that they they traded him to the Boston, and that's where they got Marty Berry from. And so, uh, so that's what they, so like so this game like and so that's the newspaper reporter actually said like. This is this is the team. This is an all-star squad, and they played like it tonight. And what's what's even interesting? We were talking about it on the last uh, episode. Is on that game they only drew four thousand fans, whereas the game the day before the Olympics in the same stadium playing <laughs> yeah. a minor league game, minor they had drawn ten thousand. Ten thousand people compared to four thousand. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like they're but Time then step it up, lads. Exactly. But then we, we got to kick pay the electric bill. Yeah, and so you know, so and then as the you know the next couple games unfolded, they started to win. They really started to click, and and then uh, the fans, you know, they started the fan, you can see, we walked through the the fan attendance how it increased. It went to like six thousand fans, eight thousand fans, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then the the interesting thing was what is was Olympia it, capacity? You know, what thirteen thousand. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, so, anyways, of thirteen, fourteen thousand. Yeah. Right, right. So, anyways, uh, you know, they could squeeze like fourteen thousand standing rooms. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, anyways, um, so uh, sorry. No, you're good. So, anyways. Um, <laughs> So so they uh, so long so the, the 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 great the great point was was uh, game was game thirteen. This is where we sort of left off. Mm-hmm. Was game thirteen because uh, on the so they so the so the Red Wings you know they were winning games and that and they they moved so it was December fifteenth. That was like I, we 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 really tried to um, emphasize that day in the last episodes where we left off. Yeah, because on that day. It was the day, like, like spoiler alert. The, this is the day that the Lions won their NFL championship right. game, and then the Red Wings move into first place. And also, Joe Lewis is declared the most outstanding athlete of 1935. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so, and so, anybody that opens the newspaper on December 16th, they see, and that was actually on the. That's why I showed the cover. We actually had a graphic on the screen for the last episode because I because I actually that's why I, I use this newspaper because it says right on the cover, Lions win title on speed and judgment. And yeah. so, like that was like the headline of the of the of that uh, sports page. There it is, yeah. And and then right below it, it says Wings move into first place. Joe Lewis wins Outstanding Athlete of the Year. Yeah. So all three of these things are all on the same page. So anybody that opened the paper on that day, mm-hmm. th- they immediately know that you know they. Of course, they all knew the Tigers had won the World Series right. just a couple, you know, just a, a couple months before this. And so now they're like, huh, Tigers, Lions. Uh, and the Red Wings are in first place, and we have Joe Lewis. Right. That's what's. That's why. That's why that day is so critical for this entire story. Because, like, right, that was like the fulcrum. That was like the hinge upon which the entire rest of the story would unfold. And because now they're like, and the Red Wings moved into first place. A lot of these people might never ever even watch the Red Wings game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, the, the team had changed their name three times in five years. There's a rumor that Jack Adams was trading potatoes for tickets. It was like a joke around town <laughs> yeah, yeah. that they were trading potatoes to get people into this. Like free potatoes to come into the to the stadium yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, like there was a, it was so they the Red Wings were a, you know a third class team. You know they were battling for the Lions for third class in the city really because uh-huh. the Lions were so new. And so um, yeah, so that so they're uh, and so you know a lot of these people had maybe never even thought about the Red Wings, but now. This right. is a whole nother matter because Tigers win. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew about Joe Lewis, of course. He's an international icon by this point. Um, and then you have uh, – and then the Lions, they just the day before win the championship, which they might have even known about the Lions either. Uh-huh. And then Red Wings move into first place. It's all there. It's all on that same paper. And that's when the, that this day is when the talk about could Detroit 
win this clean sweep of major professional sports titles on that day is when it began. That's why that, that's why we spent that so much be time quite the present for the city. Exactly, and that's why that's where we went with this graphic for, for the Santa Claus. But that's why this is like the coolest. <laughs> I'm the king of segways. Yeah, you, know, you are. This is a great segue, <laughs> and that's why this that's why this little illustration is so cool because it's Santa Claus. Uh, for those that are listening, I'll describe it. It's Santa. Mm-hmm. It's an illustration of Santa Claus. He, this, and there's um, all these stockings. And there's uh, there's four stockings hanging on the fireplace. One's for the Tigers. One's for the Lions. And one's for Joe Lewis. And you can tell because their you know respective sporting equipment is in each stocking. Right, right. There's a and then there's, but there's there, one yeah, empty yeah, sock nice. stocking, and it's a and it says Red Wings on it. And Santa's got a, a trophy in his hand. Uh huh. And so, um, so they're like, and he says, "Wonder if he'll find room to put it with the others." Uh, so there, so that, so that illustration captures this moment. I mean, yeah. this came out right, you know, after a few days after, you know, maybe a couple of weeks after the this game that was. So the city there. was looking for it. It was so now. That's what I'm saying. They were looking for it. Now all of a sudden, that's, and that's what I, that's one of the most important concepts to understand with this story. Yeah. It's not like the Red Wings did it, and everybody just goes, "Huh, that's pretty cool. We won these three. No, that that like now there's like a, a sort of like, can they do it? And that's what yeah. drew, that's what started to draw the fans over to to coming out to Red Wings games because mm-hmm. now the Red Wings are playing for something far more than some obscure Canadian Cup that nobody yeah. had ever heard of. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. very few had ever heard of at this point. Yeah, they're, 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 they're playing, playing for, for the, the glory trifecta. of the city, for the yeah. trifecta, for yeah, something yeah. that no city had really ever done like this. And so it's in the middle of the Great Depression. Like, what else you got to do? It's the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. Let's go down to Olympia. I've never seen a hockey game. Let's go sure. check it out. And so that's when like the reporters are starting to introduce the games of hockey, the rule of hockey. And so, and then of course, in the in the Red Wings don't, and this is where we're about to start today. Yeah, is the Red Wings don't disappoint because like this is what because this so it's beginning with um so so uh be, you know beginning with game thirteen the Red Wings um so I believe that this that the game we're talking about the December fifteenth game was the twelfth yeah. game and then this is game thirteen the following day the Red Wings move into first place by beating Toronto. And of course, Buckle McDonald scores his first goal of his career. <laughs> you know, like you know, the guy with our favorite, like Shooting our favorite guy. <laughs> yeah, so Buckle, you know, Buckle scores his first goal, his first goal, and so you know, which adds you know all these new fans that are potentially coming out. Mm-hmm. They're you know they see this you know this you know crazy charismatic you know kid scoring his goal, these big ears, you know, going you know all happy scoring a goal, and so you know so now the excitement is starting to happen. So they're so now the Red Wings move into first place on the. In, in game 13. And so I'll just blow past the next three games just so we can move on with the story where I want to go with this. So game 14 is a loss. Game 15 is a win. Game 16 is a tie. And so go, so game 17 is where we're going to begin today. And so um, and so anyway, so game 17 is a key game because if they play on Christmas night Ooh. in Olympia, which okay. is like a cool, like, I mean, yeah. you know, that's a great day to, you know, where the, the Lions are playing on Thanksgiving, the Red Wings are playing on Christmas night. Right. And so they play in Olympus, uh, Olympia and they play against um, the Blackhawks. But it, but in this case, so th- so this is where the, we have the, we have a graphic to show. Yeah, we have that highlighted what we're talking about today with yeah. those games. Um, but uh, so that's the next graphic we have is uh, Mike Caracas, and we've talked about Mike Caracas before. He was the goalie for the Blackhawks. Oh, the Blackhawk one. Yeah, that, there we right. go. So this is a this is a photo from Christmas that Christmas night. This is an oh, in game okay. action from that night. Nice. And so can't tell who the goalie is. He's not wearing a helmet well, or a mask. But that's who we're going to identify right now. That's why I want to really bring this photo up because yeah. that's Mike Caracas. Okay. And I love this photo of hey, him. Mike. I, I, well, and this is the guy we talked about in a previous episode. Mike Caracas, the backstory. This is why this story would make such an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. Because Mike Caracas, when when James Norris bought the red bought the Detroit franchise and renamed it the Red Wings, he gave Jack Adams his choice of because uh, uh, Norris had the Chicago Shamrocks team, which the NHL made him disband if he wanted to own the Detroit oh, franchise. Okay. And so, so he gave Jack Adams, you know, his coach and GM. First choice of any player on the Chicago uh, Shamrocks before he disbanded the team. And Adams, there was a couple guys that Adams um, picked up. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily not really part of this story, but um, but but one of the but what is part of the story is is the guy that Adams cut, which was the goalie of the Shamrocks, Mike Caracas. Oh. So he cuts the goalie, <laughs> and so imagine Don't. this. So imagine this. You know this this story in for a for a movie. The guy who they cut two years previously mm-hmm. now the, is now the, his rookie season. Yeah. You know, emerges to become the goalie of the Chicago Blackhawks, who is the, you know the net number one nemesis of the Red Wings. This is the Red Wings had been in the Stanley Cup, you know, two years prior, 
and they they had been beaten by the Blackhawks in the Stanley in that Stanley Cup. So the yeah the Blackhawks' first Stanley Cup championship was won by virtue of beating the Red Wings. And so in the in Nor- we've already talked about how Norris, how James Norris, the owner, hated Frederick McLaughlin. Right, right. They had this major rivalry. They detested each other. They were um, neighbors in Chicago. And Nor and McLaughlin had blocked him from from owning an NHL team in Chicago. That's why he came to Detroit. I'm gonna I'm gonna really throw you off with this one. It's gonna go. This I'm really gonna digress. Yeah, what's up? And go deep. But uh, so this rivalry between Detroit and, and Chicago is. is Deep seated, the early it's as ni- deep as it gets. The sure. early 1930s, when when both of these teams are. It goes back to 1926 when, right. the, when the two teams first arrived from Canada. So Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, huh? <laughs> stay with me. Yeah, I'll follow you. Because <laughs> Cameron is wearing a Red Wings jersey. Yeah, how and, and, uh, Gordy Howe's jersey through yeah. the whole movie. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what's so cool. You're a kid watching the movie going. Yeah, the, he's a Red in Wings the mid 80s. There is no way a high school kid is going to walk down the street in Chicago wearing a Red Wings jersey. Or is that what was filmed? Or, yeah, in Chicago. Oh, okay. or, or go to that. a ball game, and he, they went to a, they went to a ball game. He would have he would have got murdered. Yeah, he would have. They would have thrown beers at him. They would. Well, I can see that. They would have got ugly. I grew up in Kalamazoo, and so Ooh, I, the and whole I, movie. I grew me. up in Kalamazoo, and I was a Tiger fan. And there was a bunch of there was you know there was there was a lot of because Kalamazoo is somewhat close to you know it's like basically the same distance from Chicago as it yeah. is Detroit. And so there was a ton of Chicago fans even in Kalamazoo. And so it was like I mean we I get into squabbles with people just in Kalamazoo. I can't even imagine how it'd be actually in Chicago living living there. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the Red Wings jersey. Yeah, yeah you yeah. got. In the, in the mid-80s, <laughs> Yeah, too. you're like asking for a hockey flight and just walking down the street. I know. All right, anyway, so we digress. But a part of that legacy of tension is this Christmas night game. Yeah, but and just for people that maybe um, haven't heard the episode where we talked about the genesis of the Red Wings, just one last little seat, you know, kernel of, of rivalry. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a digression. Well, this is another little digression <laughs> right. to an episode we've already done. Yeah, yeah. But is but is that um, is that the uh, is that when the when the 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 um, the, the Portland Rosebuds and the Victoria Cougars were moved from Canada. The Portland Rosebuds became the Chicago Blackhawks, oh, okay. and the Victoria Cougars became the Detroit Cougars. And they both happened in this. That they were two franchises that were relocated in 1926, and so they both came into the NHL at the same time. Of course, right. they became the Detroit Cougars, then the Falcons, and then and then the Red Wings a couple of years later. But the franchises both came into the league at the exact same time. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what's so cool is that. These two Midwestern franchises arrived in the league together. The two early, you know, the owners of these teams detested each other. Mm. And then you've got, you know, the, the the players that came that were disbanded by, you know, to, were disbanded, came back to be, to play against the Wings in this season. And so the drama of, that's what I mean, like anytime you ever hear about the 1935 Red Wings championship, the Red Wings story, yeah. they this story is the most under-discussed story in the history of Detroit mm. sports. I mean... I mean, you could match you could match it up with the Lions too. I mean, you mm-hmm. could say that that story is the same thing. They're they're right neck and neck as far as underappreciated. Because whenever you talk, because whenever anybody talks about the thirty five Red Wings, you know they just go, oh yeah, they won the championship. It was great. You know, I mean they you know they don't they they talk about like some of the playoff stuff, but but the rivalry dogfight, as we're gonna find out, the rivalry dogfight with the Blackhawks in this year yeah. would go on all year, and it would intensify. You know, after especially how many when times it became, they faced each other in the year? Well, we're going to get through it. I'll oh, tell okay. you. Wait, right. wait till you. This is what I'm saying. Wait till All you right. see. By the end of this, in the next, by the end of the next couple episodes, okay. I'm going to break down uh, the overall sort of summary. Okay, right. But I want to go through all of it. All right. Um, but the rivalry dogfight with the Blackhawks team, we're going to go through it, and then we're going to do an aerial to sort of like a statistics. <laughs> but the statistics, when we're all said and done, is going right. to really map it out. But what's important to understand is is that here we go. Um, the, you know, the, it's not lost on the Blackhawks that, yeah. that, 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 that the Chicago team can play spoiler for this. Did you, you know, if like think about it like this. We already talked about it. Joe Lewis is, you know, does his thing. Mm-hmm. The Tigers win the championship. Lions win their championship. The Red Wings are the final piece of the puzzle, right? Yeah. And the and the uh, the, the Tigers had beaten the Cubs in the World Series, the Chicago Cubs. The the Lions had had to overcome the Bears to get into the championship and win. That was like their main rival. And so now, so there's two Chicago teams that had been really were the main obstacles for these other two teams to win. So now here's a third team, the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh. And so if so, here's the case: is that you don't think that the Blackhawks 
would love to spoil the Red Wings' chances <laughs> yeah, of winning the Stanley Cup. And then, like, McLaughlin would be like, hey, Norris, too bad you couldn't have brought the final championship home. Yeah, the yeah. last thing on earth that the Blackhawks would want is for the Red Wings to to beat to, you know to beat them on the way to the championship and win this city of champions thing right. over the top of the Blackhawks. So that's the, the extra drama that's added to, the, to this particular matchup. And as we're going to find out, um, this is uh, this this intensity is going to carry on all year. So Christmas night, the, um, the 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 Red Wings lose two to nothing, mm. two to nothing. And so, um, so they lose two to nothing. And Mike Caracas, this is only like his second or third game in the NHL, and he's right. a he's a rookie, and he shuts out the Red Wings oh. in this game. Yeah, so he shuts out the Red Wings in this game. Um, and so, just a summary, just a real quick summary, okay? This so game one, they the first game of the Red Wings season, it was a zero zero tie, zero hmm. zero tie to the Blackhawks. Okay. Game number eleven was a three to one win over right. the Blackhawks. In game number seventeen, which is what I just talked about on sure. Christmas night, was a zero to two loss. Oh. Okay, so think about this: tie, win, and loss. Season series, so they you know zero zero with the ties, yeah, and yeah. then one and one because yeah, they both yeah. won a game and lost a game. Oh, okay, so now we're gonna progress. I just but I just wanted to start right, right there. So seven, when I'm done, when, I'm, when I when we get all the way to the end of this, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna go. Walk, I'm gonna go over the entire season series, sure. and that's what's gonna show how remarkable this was. Okay. To see how back and forth it was, because it. I mean, it was all okay. it went all the way through. So anyway, so Gavin's game seventeen oh two loss. Um, uh, and so the so the Wings are now tied with the New York Rangers for first place Yay! for game seventeen. So they're still in first, but they're tied for first. All right, all right. So we're gonna um, sort of expedite. Let's actually put a few notes in here to sort of expedite the the timeline for this. So game eighteen is is so they, so for game eighteen. Um, the, actually, the very next game after that Christmas night uh, is a is another. It's a loss to Boston. Mm. It's so the same team. Remember that we talked about at the beginning. Of this, the, the team that Not they a lot drew of love for the Bruins either. Well, true. Yeah, they're all rivals. Really, they're all <laughs> yeah, rivals. Yeah. But as we talked about that game, the, the game where the Red Wings like turned everything around, they only drew four thousand fans, and their minor leaguers mm-hmm, had drawn mm-hmm. ten thousand. Well, here's that same team. Right. Just a, you know, like you know, now that the Red Wings are in first place. Uh, playing against the same team, Boston, in Olympia, and now they're draw ten thousand fans. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So now the fans are starting to show up. Right. So that's what's key. You know, even though they lost, it's it's key to um, it's you know, it's key to see that. So they lost to the black to the to Boston in Game 18. Um, the Red Wings are still in first, but it's a three way tie with the Rangers, um, and uh, and Chicago. So Chicago has moved up to tie with the Red Wings now. So they're tied with the Red Wings in first place. So Game 19. So this is a key game. So they're back in they're, – now they're in Chicago, game 19. So there's a couple of games later they're in Chicago, and the Red Wings win 4-2. to two. So, they, so, so notice how we say tie, win, loss, win. Yeah. See what I'm saying? It's going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Right? So in this game, so it's a total, it's a, it's a total brutality of a game. Um, I could go into all these quotes whatever, but um, it's a brutality of a game. The fans shower the ice with debris. I've got the quote right here. Right, right. Because well, because um, they're losing in, in, in yeah. So in the Blackhawks, yeah, they're losing in Chicago. The, the fans are showering the ice with debris. Like the one of the quotes we said before, like they're throwing bottles, they're throwing all kinds of stuff. There, you know, there's there's fights all over the ice. Um, and then uh, one of the kind of kind of the interesting things um, that I have here is that so Abby Goodfellow got fined $50 because oh. of uh, strong language that he was using in the game against the referee. And one of the cool things I actually have marked here because it's, uh, it was just kind of interesting is it actually has these Kroger prices, right? Yeah. And by the way, and folks, anybody that hasn't, didn't know from last time, I've got this primary source guy that I made that's the Red Wing season. It's like every newspaper article from yeah. it. But it's, it's kind of cool because it gives a little bit of a context for the price at this time compared to like the inflationary prices sure, that are on yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so eggs at this time were 23 cents a dozen. Okay. Two loaves of bread for 17 cents and uh, 25 cents for two for two pounds uh, of lard. Yeah, okay. it's 25 cents for two pounds of lard, which I don't know what lard prices are going for these days. Yeah, I'm, uh, I haven't seen much lard on the shelves. See people that's getting bought out. Yeah. It's like the shutdowns. They're, they're uh, buying up the lard. Uh, they bought to all go. the toilet paper and the lard. It all yeah. went. Lard it got, all, got, went and so 50 bucks was pretty dear. So, yeah, that's me. I just don't know how much the lard was going for these days. But uh, <laughs> maybe, 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 we'll, maybe we'll find out and tell about on the next episode. Uh, so, anyway, so game 20. Um, so, games 20 through 25. Um, so, there, this is, so, this is, I call this like, this is the Red Wings go on like a winning orgy. Okay. Uh, so, they, so, like in this last game, so 
Um, so, anyways, they, so they go on this winning. So, game twenty, a five to two win against the Canadians, the Canadians, and uh, Marty Berry has a hat trick in this game, and this brings up an opportunity to talk about because they say because as we talk about their. Um, they're introducing the rules of the game to the fans okay. at this time. Explaining it so to the paper. Explaining yeah. to the paper. And so this is what's cool is, is that they, I love this article because, um, and I want to read it because this little quote, because it, this is an explanation to the fans about where the hat trick, the name hat trick came oh, from. Oh, okay. And I'm sure there's plenty of... the name hat trick? Exactly. So, you know, the idea of meeting hat tricks is when you score three goals. Um and so, uh, but in this case, you know, you know, every, so the, you really look up Wikipedia articles or find out the definition of a hat trick. Great. Mm-hmm. But what I'm about to read to you is what they thought about a hat trick in 1936. Right. You see, so this is back then. This is December. This is January 6, 1936. And so this is how they believed it, and the, the story of where it came from. Okay. So, okay. So uh, Mar- Marty Berry today. This is from. This is by written by Leo McDonald on January 6, 1936, right out of the Detroit Times. So uh, Marty Berry today basked in the sunlight of hockey fans as once again the Red Wings plume themselves undisputed leaders in the National Hockey League, the American division of the uh, National Hockey League. Berry scored scored the hat trick in Olympia last night, an achievement that played more than a prominent part in Detroit's 5-2 victory over the Canadiens. As you have heard, perhaps a player who scores three goal a player who scores three goals in one hockey game has accomplished the hat trick. The trick name is the, the trick name is supposed to have originated in Scotland, where once a haberdasher offered a hat free to the man who scored three goals in a soccer game. Oh. Hockey got it from soccer, <clears throat> so that's the that's his that's what the, the prevailing belief. I don't even know. I didn't even look it up before this. Like what we what we define as yeah. a hat trick, but yeah. um, but that's how they defined it. I don't know if that well, same a, legend. A haberdasher is in Scotland. Yeah, haberdasher. A hat, a hat maker. A uh, hat maker, yeah. No, you got to call him a haberdasher. Yeah. Oh, a haberdasher is a way cooler name than yeah. a hat maker. Um, so anyway, so that, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was kind of cool to, to bring out. So Yeah. So, yeah, so game 20 win. Uh, what was the score of that? Uh, yeah, 5-2 to two win. That would be they said that in the article. Um, and so game 21 um, is a two win, to, two to one win over New York Rangers. Like I say, this is like an, oh, I call this like the orgy of victory because we're just going through wins. Yeah. But what's cool about this story about uh, game 21. Is that the title of this episode? Orgy of victories? I don't think it is, but maybe, whatever, <laughs> it maybe we should now. change it. Yeah, it might be now. <laughs> the orgy of victory. Just, yeah. uh, that'll get some clicks. That's some clicks. Yeah. <laughs> People are typing an orgy. Really going, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I apologize like, oh. if we clickbaited you with that. Yeah. One. They're like, yeah, the orgy. And then like, it's like the large, and then large print, the orgy is like a victory. <laughs> yeah. In hockey. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but what, what's cool about this is, is so, you know, as the Red Wings are starting to build momentum. They're winning um, at this moment. The Detroit Olympics, their minor league team, um, as we talked about, they uh, they're they are they have been winning dominant all year. They didn't have a lull at the beginning of the year. They were going great. They were dominating. Okay. But however, they were dominating up until about four games before the Red Wings game twenty one, when they had a four game losing streak. So the the Olympics are starting to uh, sort of kind of going down. They're okay. they're in first place still, but they're but they're having some troubles. And the troubles stem from the fact that they're incredibly shorthanded. They've had a they've had a bunch of injuries. Um, they're just playing on a skeleton crew, and they just and they they're just having a tough time. And this is what's interesting, and what's what's and it shows the the um the mentality of a lot of this at this time because Wally Kilrea, who we've already talked about, Heck's younger brother, had we talked about it last last episode. He's sort of quiet for most of the season, but he becomes this like like he's the captain of the Olympics, mm-hmm. and then he he has a he he uh, um, he scores a hat trick and is called up or he, yeah he gets called up to the Red Wings and that's when the Red Wings start winning. So he's not he's not a big scorer or anything like this, but he's like a guy. He's just he's one of these they call him like a glue guy mm-hmm. who's just like does kind of everything and helps the team win. And so um, anyways, so uh, Wally Kilria, they this this I just thought this was absolutely fascinating. So the, the the Olympics are shorthanded, and the and usually what happens is is that the major league you know the the minor league club will send a player up to help out the yeah. major league club, but in this case the major league club sent the Red Wings sent Wally Kilrea down uh. to the Olympics for one game uh. just to help the Olympics get through this schedule and keep on winning. Yeah. And so he goes down there, and the team tied. He didn't help. He didn't win, but he scored a goal and an assist to help them tie. And then he brought him back up after one game. So they sent him down to help out the minor league team. Mm. And what's interesting is, 
is that it kind of shows you, like Jack Adams could have been like, who cares? It's the minor league team. We'd rather have Wally up here with the majors because we don't care, you know, who cares about the minor league team. But this this reveals a little bit of insight about the way they thought because they wanted the minor league team to be good. They wanted right. them to win because if they're winning, then you know, if they, all the players that they need to call up are already have that winning mentality. They're already engaged in like a playoff battles and you know these rivalry fights with this, and so they're they're already in that you know mentality when they get called up, and so that's what I mean. Like um, a lot of times the major sports today, the minor league teams, who cares? Who cares if they win or lost? And does that, I mean for yeah, the Tigers, yeah. for instance? Does anybody know what the Toledo score was last week? What is that? Players? Where our team is? That's the where the AAA, yeah, but like, <laughs> I mean, they're not playing right now because uh, you know there's there's seasons. The minor league season starts late this year. But at any point during like a Detroit Tigers season, right. Does anybody know how the the, the, the minor league teams are playing? Right. Whether they're yeah. good or bad? No. You know, like that's what I'm saying. Like there's a winning ethos that is not just you know. But like, it's Star Wars night, and you get. Uh, yeah, hot dog shit yeah, with yeah. lightsabers. Yo, yo, there's, yeah, that's what I mean. Well, we could go know. into well, we could go into the gimmick element of the game, and we could spend the episodes talking uh, about that. But, um, but, but uh, what I'm saying though is, is that this is like you know, developing a winning culture for an organization. Right. It's, it's winning is not a light switch to be turned on and off. You can't be like, well, we don't care what happens to the minor league team, win or lose. And then they come to the majors like, now you're expected to you know be a winner and help us win a championship. It doesn't work like that. If you got it, like you develop that winning culture in the minor leagues with these players, and then you build that expectation through the entire organization all the way to the mate until they get to the majors. So, like you know, they like in the minors, they're like expected to win. You know, they're they're engaged with winning, and then they get up to the majors and they expect the same culture when they get there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they don't get up there and like all of a sudden they're like. Oh hey, now you gotta win, kid. You know they're switching yeah. the light on. Like now you're expected to win. No, you. That's what. That's what, and that's what I love about this. That they sent Wally down to the minors just to help them out to keep them keep winning, the keep them in first place, help them get through this tough part of their schedule with you know when they're shorthanded, and then Wally is returned back to the majors. Right. So that's it. So that's like I just think that's just such a um, a great component of that of the story. Oh, so um so yeah so game twenty one the wings uh, went. Uh, win and then um, the Olympics, you know, go on to keep on winning. They're, you know, they're, they're so both teams at this point are winning. They're going back, you know, you know, you know, keeping on winning. So game twenty two, six nothing win over the Maroons in front of eleven thousand seven hundred and sixty four fans. Numbers going up. Yes. Almost filled the house. Game twenty three versus Chicago, three four loss. Mm, so you see the pattern forming here, right? Tie to start the season. Yeah. Win, loss, win. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. The season series is going back and forth, so it's an even series at mm-hmm, this point, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's game twenty three. They lose to Chicago, and uh, game twenty four is a four to nothing. They shut out the Toronto Maple Leafs four to nothing. And that game is in front of thirteen thousand nine hundred and seventy fans. Wow, that's a, that's that's filling the house. There. It breaks it breaks the it breaks the attendance record. Perfect. The all it sets the all time attendance record at Olympia Stadium. Perfect. They had never drawn that many fans before, and bam, here we are, game twenty four of the nineteen thirty five season. It shows, like I say, just a few games before. The city is pumped. Four thousand people it starts at four, and then how here we are, you know, ten games later, and there's thirteen thousand. Nine hundred and seventy. That's uh, when. When was the last time the, the the Tigers were in the World Series? Two thousand. I think it was two thousand twelve. Yeah. Or, yeah. Some maybe and like yeah, the year before like they had like the worst record. Yeah, no. it, was, it was like well, they the, had the 2006 where they went to the World Series, and then before the, a few years before that, they were like yeah, 2003. You might be thinking about that. Yeah, yeah no, because right, 2003 so they yeah they had like they almost set the worst record ever. They, they yeah. had the worst American League record, but they almost and then the 2004 was crap too, and then. That it was like because we got some tickets. Yeah. So it was like a bunch of guys from high school. We got uh, tickets for like the the not opening day, but you know it was the first two three weeks of, yeah. of the season. And it's like we had sweet, you know. So it's like the the one guy, you know, his company they had a suite, and they're like, oh, here's here's all the tickets. And so we all went, and it was just like it was a party, right? Yeah, you know. And then that was the because they yeah they, they, they yeah. suck hard, yeah. You know? Well, and then they started getting better and better and better. And it's like later in the season, you couldn't even it's get like, tickets. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so, what I'm saying. I kind of like when the teams are lagging a little bit. My friend says that, too. Tickets. My friend Kevin Bush says the same thing. He actually, <laughs> I actually quoted him in my first book saying that. 
I quoted him in the book. He said, you know, losing didn't have weren't so bad because you it was so much easier to get tickets. Right, right. You know, and I actually quoted him in that in my first book saying so that. That's, yeah, that's, but they, but that's, yeah. that's the cheap Jamie coming out. Yeah, but no, but, it, <laughs> but there I mean there is an element like this, but I'm just saying but the but overall, like if you're tr- if you're talking about winning, you know, there's you know, there's the fun side of the team's not doing well, okay. Yeah. But there's also something to be said about you know, you know, a team winning. There's a know? there's a winning it's a fun that comes with that. That's oh, fun it's, too. It's culture. Yeah. It's it's because uh, I teach high school, right? Yeah. And there there's culture in high school. If you got a crap, if all your teams in in your school suck, you yeah, know, you're, it's, it's a morale it, it, killer. It, it, you're a yeah. loser. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's, suck, it, man. It, when you have winning teams at, at your school, even if it's a cross country team, yeah. you know, the gymnastics team. Uh, you know, it it it, it bolsters absolutely. Just, uh, it really does. No, and, you're, and, yeah, you're because yeah, you you're this. It's you important. Know, well, it, it is, and it's. I mean, like sports are sort of if like not a, first, you last. Yeah, there's that <laughs> well, for sure. not quite that, but, but like, but the idea, <laughs> but you know, sports sports in America, you know, the 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 the, the development of sports, the the evolution of sports, like the you know, it it really is this idea of like it's almost like you can have a war with your, it's like, it's like rivalries with other cities, yeah. you know, rivalries with other schools and this and that. And it's a chance to get in, you know, to uh, engage with something like that, where, which is somewhat constructive. It's not like, you know, back in the, you know, up until a couple hundred years ago, people might be out, you know, f- fighting with baseball bats or, you know, or, <laughs> or swords. And yeah, that was yeah, how yeah. they, they, you know, they, uh, um, we're demonstrated that sort of um, rivalry element. You know, this is sort of a constructive rivalry instead of like saying, you know, who's going to go and kill the other guy or, or something. So, right. you know, this is a, you know, like it's, you know, that anyways. So what I wanted to talk about, uh, read a quote from real yeah, quick here yeah, yeah. is that the, the, the game in which they had 13,970, I wanted to read you an article by Bob Murphy, who is, Detroit Times writer, you know all these Detroit Times writers are my favorite writers. Mm-hmm. I can't even pick which ones are great, better than not. Leo McDonald, Bob Murphy, Bud Shaber. These are like my three favorite guys, probably of the, all the books, mm-hmm. um, which I quote probably the most often. And uh, so Bob Murphy writes this article, and I got to read this. This this like quote is actually like tattooed in my brain. Okay, like I like when I'm doing like a a, a pitch, like selling books or whatever, like this. Like sometimes this elements of this quote will actually come out. So. This I, I it's just I can't miss the chance to actually read the full quote to to you know to the listeners right. and viewers. So this is the so this is the game the, the reminder the Red Wings win this game four nothing in front of thirteen thousand nine hundred seventy oh, fans. Yes, and so this and it breaks the all time record at Olympia. And this is the article that comes out the next day. Tell me this is not like the greatest hype article ever. Right, right. Okay, so so um, Red Wolves on the prowl. That rightfully enough could be the, the tag, the Detroit's 4 nothing victory over the once proud and haughty Toronto Maple Leafs last night at Olympia. They were angry, greedy wolves and that ganged the opposition and skimmed the ice. It skimmed the, I see that's where it's all burned up. It skimmed the ice with burning hot steel. It all brought Detroit nearer to the Grand Slam of the world, of the Grand Slam in sports. The, the signs in, See, this is that's what's talk about reading these old articles because they get all jumbled here. So, oh, nice. um, so this the same they're right here the same indefinable something which rode with the world champion tigers, the world champion lions, and the the uncrowned world champion Joe Lewis propelled the strong legs and stout hearts of Jack Adams' Red Wolves. They're already talking about the Yeah, they're already coming. They're talking about about City of Champions, yes. More than 14,000 fans occupying every seat, as well as every available inch of standing room, gazed down on the ice drama being unfurled below. Bodies collided as if... So the wage... This is like the header of the article, or the next section. Wage fierce battle. Bodies collided as if shot from springs of steel. There were scrambles in front of the nets, violent bumpings along the boards, a burst of speed, and then the spilled form of an athlete sliding across the white ice on his face. The 14,000 mingled screams and boos, and the giant form of Red Horner shook off the greatest share of the explosive boos. This article gets a little tough to read right here, but um, but you get the idea from that. That's one other little nugget I want to read. This uh, one's from, so it. this one's from Leo McDonald. The, right. the problem I was having a tough time reading is... Um, it, it's like crossed. It, it's this where the yeah. line runs through on the uh, on the um, on the microfilm, so it's, it just gets t- tumbled up. So anyway, so here's a, so this is another article. Leo McDonald. This is a little nugget from this one. This is his little hype. 
So um, this is the next day again. No, this is yeah the next day. Right. And this is two different writers from the Detroit Times okay. talking about this. Oh game. my god! Yeah. All right. So um, tearing huge holes through a fragile defense. Red Wings, inspired and cyclonic, swept to victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs 4-0 in the presence of a crowd that broke a two-year-old attendance record at Olympia last night. Jammed into, jammed it, jammed into the huge sports amphitheater were 13,970 paid customers, the greatest crowd to see the Red Wings since the me- memorable league championship playoffs two years ago between the same teams. By their smashing triumph, the Red Wings strengthened their, their lead strengthen their lead to pull away from the New York Rangers in the Torrid Championship in the American Division of the National Hockey League. The Rangers were idle. So anyways, there's, it's like they're having a competition of yeah. who can hype this team more. Yeah. <laughs> like Good Lord. Tearing huge holes through the fragile defense. The Red Wings inspired and cyclonic. Swept <laughs> to victory. You know, like then the other guy, you know, Red uh, Bowery. Red Wolves on the prowl, yeah, you know, steel, like, yeah. like the steel skates right. and the slashing blades, yeah. like, like where, you know what I mean? It. Like that, when that they, it's these kind of articles when mm-hmm. I was doing this book mm-hmm. that just made it so enjoyable because you're reading, like you're reading these articles and they're, you're, you're visualizing this and that was, and that was their objective. That was the difference. You know, today we have, you know, we can watch it for ourselves. The game's on TV and then the reporters basically just cover what happened, Right. you know? And then they give their take on it. But back then, the a lot of fans reading this might not have seen that game. And There's so they, no highlight reel. Exactly. And so they had so the reporters had to be those eyes and ears uh-huh. of the events. That's why it's a different style of journalism. Yeah. And so their goal, so here I am you know, eighty years later putting the story together, and you know, they were communicating, you know, that game through their writing to me. And that's what and that's where you're that's what you know kinda you know made me consistently more and more hooked on this story because you're like, man, that game sounded great. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, red yeah. wolves ah. on the prowl, flashing skates of steel, you know, yeah, like, yeah. man, that was sounded cool. You know, like you know, other articles there's you know, oh, there's bottles smashing the ice and fights in the crowd, and you're going, My God, this is a this is crazy, you know? And it, the photos even photos are few and far between. Well, the photos are great. Oh, we had, yeah. like the, I thought that. But there's, there's not. There's not this. You know. Well, just, like today we're just bombarded. Yeah. With no. Images no. It's, yeah. I, for sure. The newspapers are a little more grainy. But they. But they had some action shots in here too. Like that photo I showed. You know, we showed yeah. at the beginning of this. Yeah. You know, that's an. That's a great action shot too. You know. I mean, this is. Um. You know, this is the Mike Caracas. I mean, the, if you could, I don't know if you can zoom in on Mike Caracas's yeah. face. But like this, anybody maybe you know get a magnifying guy out and look at his face because Mike Caracas, the goalie of the Blackhawks in this photo, is intense. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, he has got the jaw, the nose. I yeah. mean, he has got like he looks like this guy is would rather get his teeth knocked out by a puck than allow a single goal. I mean, he like that's what I'm saying. Like this is one of my favorite. This is actually one. Of, that's why I really wanted to show this photo of this. This is one of my favorite photos in, in the whole book because it's because Caracas is so intense right. in, these, in these players. It captures this moment in time. But anyways, yeah, these you know that's what, that's what I just love about this though is that their goal was to communicate just you know the action and the excitement and all this um, to these viewers, which would in turn hook them on the sport, make them want to go watch games, and then in turn buy more newspapers, you know, to, to follow you know what was going on when they couldn't, or to you know to be in. You know, their goal was to engage the fan base and engage Detroiters with what was going on. That was their goal because if they could engage the the fans in the sport, it would make them you know want to read more. Just like you know anybody that's listening at home or listen to this, you know, when one of these teams is going well, like you just consume information. Yeah, all you want is like read articles. It's just like anything. Like if you're consuming politics or yeah. whatever it is, you just become a consumer of of information, newspapers, uh, video, whatever. In the same concept here is that the journal journalists actually had a, um, you know, had a had a uh, sort of a skin in the game by saying if we could get the fans hooked on these teams, yeah. then we're going to be in business here, <laughs> you know. And and really, I think that's one sure. of the, the the components of journalism. I've I've always I've said this since the very beginning. I think journalists now should there should be like a class on 1930s journalism to show the types of colorful, uh, in, like engaging you know articles that they that they used to wrote. Used to write, and I actually keep on my desk. Um, uh, let me just get up for one quick second, show you. I keep this on sure. my desk. All right, what do you got? So this there you got, and you just we're here in your office. You I know, know, so I can actually grab this right off the, my desk. The, the wealth of uh, uh, yeah, this playbills. It's a museum in here. Yeah. Programs and artwork yeah. and 
All this things. is tied to the city of champions. It's like you live this, man. Oh, I do. I'm in, I'm immersed in this. In it's this like place. almost yeah. disturbing. This is my research lab. Yeah. No, this is like I mean, this is my research lab. This is yeah. where I do my thing. So anyway, so this is I keep this on my desk because it, it, this is what this is how I try to write everything. I've, this has been on my desk for ten years. Okay. So this is oh, so this is uh, so Arthur Brisbane was the was the main editor for all of William Randolph Hearst newspapers, uh-huh. including the Detroit Times. And so they were under a mandate. They were, there was a, this, this was the quote that they were, this would be on the offices of the Detroit Times. And so Arthur Brisbane, I'm going to put this a little closer camera so we can yeah, get yeah. it there. So, um, so you can see it right there. Arthur Brisbane, I, I kind of made this thing. Here, let me, I'll hold it. You talking about Okay, me. cool. Yeah, I got a pretty good still there on it. So, um, so what it says is, there we go. I actually had a pretty good shot of it a second ago. But, um, well, right, yeah, I had I, I had a pretty good clear of it. Now we're all out of focus. So, so um, so it says just so so in case you didn't get a chance to read. So Arthur Brisbane was the head. Has been drinking. He, he was the head of all of the of William Randolph Hearst newspapers, and it says if you don't hit the reader right between the eyes in the first sentence of your news column, there's no need to write anymore. Uh. That was that was that's what that was the mandate that these journalists were under. When they um, went for like when they began to write an article, and you can see it in these the last two the, the last two articles I just read those two quotes, those were literally um, those were literally the first paragraph of those two articles, right. and you can see like if anybody that's you know got on that got hooked on that first thing, he says if you if you don't hit the reader right between the eyes in the first sentence of your news column, there's no need to write anymore, and that's how I try to write. So I learned from that. You know what I mean? I learned from that concept from Arthur Brisbane because that's like what how I tried to write my books is like every chapter, it starts out with a punch. Like if I don't grab you from the very first sentence, the very first paragraph, then there's no need to write, you know, to write anymore. That's how I did mine. So that's what I'm saying. Like um, I think that uh, the modern day journalists and writers and all this would really benefit from like a from an actual class about um, 1930s journalism and how they hook that reader on that sort of colorful style. So yeah. anyway, so that, yeah, so this is, um, so yeah, so that, whoops, so <laughs> yeah, we are getting used to the, the home setup. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so anyways, um, so anyway, so that, so that was game uh, 20, that was game 24. All right. All that happens. And so the, the final game that we're going to get to today is game 25, mm-hmm. which is a, a victory over the New York Rangers. Which le- So it leaves the Red Wings three points up in the standing. So they're alone in first place. They're three points up. And I've just got sort of two little quotes to, to read us off with here. Right. Um, the, the first one is just a, a brief mention. We've talked about Doug Young and the importance of Doug Young and becoming the captain of the team and everything. Um, and how Doug Young, you know, like they want, they gave Doug Young the captaincy just to get him to play up to that level and you know, assume that level of stardom, which they all knew he was capable of, but he himself didn't necessarily believe. So at this point, there, so this at this point, which is um, uh, the, so the date of this is uh, so the 21st of January 1936. So uh, so they're talking about Doug Young. Um, it's, uh, it says um, so at full speed. He, okay, the last time the Rangers were here, one of the New York Rangers, maybe it was Bill Cook or Frank Boucher, rushed the puck. At full speed, he crossed line, pivoted, and looked to be on his way to the goal mouth. But Doug Young was too quick for him. Moved over and dumped his man. As pretty a body a check as one would want to see. No matter what they do, some hockey players are glorified in gobs of ink. Then there's another. There, then there's another class that goes about its work quietly, but turn in, but turn in a job as good or better. Douglas Douglas Gorley Young, the Gleichen, the Gleichen Gaucho, is one of the is one of the latter class. A quiet worker, Young has done the, does the job well without flourish. Young always has been a good workman, but this season is his better is he is better than ever. One of the big reasons why the Red Wings are soaring in the top of the American division of the National Hockey League. So they at this point in time they're already singling Young out for saying this is this guy is doing an incredible job. Wow. Already as the captain of this team, his first year as captain, he's finally living up to the potential and we're about and this is halfway through the season. This is exactly half. The second quote I want to read because we talked a lot about him becoming captain. We spent an entire and that episode was like on the concept, part, yeah. partially just to motivate him to do exactly yeah. what he's doing here. Yeah, because and that's it was we spent an entire episode yeah. on that on that component because it was critical. That was the Red Wings, you know, for their first championship. Yeah. Who was the captain of the Red Wings in their first mm-hmm, championship? Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a really important, you know, not only a fact. 
but the but all the elements that went into how he became captain. Right. The fact that Eddie Goodfellow had a sacrificed his captaincy yeah. to get to say, Doug, you are a star, and I want you to be the captain. And then, you know that that would be just incredible. And here's the starting to shine. Exactly. And so here he is, halfway through the season. We're seeing that the impact that he's making as a result of. Finally, after years living up to mm-hmm. what they all saw in him, but yet he did not potentially necessarily see himself. So, um, so the second quote I read is actually Jack, this is from Jack Adams. It's a sort of a summary of the midpoint in the season. So, um, uh, at full strength and playing impressive hockey, the Red Wings leading the American Division in the in the in the uh, betting paddock will be favored to take the Stanley Cup champions over the hurdles, despite past performances. So they're looking like the favorites at this point. Right. That's how great they're playing. So among the new men, Hetkelrea has, in the last couple of weeks, has revealed the most improvement, skating like he, like his old self. The former Toronto star jumped up in the scoring list. Peter Kelly, young carrot top forward, is also mm. showing the effects of adding of adding big league polish with the fighting Wally Kilrea, idol of the gallery gods. You see right there, Wally Kilrea, idol of the gallery gods. So he like Wally Kilrea was was a very low scorer, but you can see right there how Kalki he's becoming. You know, gallery gods is referencing the fact that the you know the fans, you know the fans in the yeah. gallery, the idol of the gallery gods. That you know that shows that he's playing fantastic. It's not showing up on the scoring chart, but it's showing up that the fans love him. Mm-hmm. You see, it's and and with Normie Smith turning in a splendid job in the Nets, meaning the goalie Normie Smith. Um, turning in a splendid job in the Nets, the defense has been playing a consistently good hockey. Especially is this true of Abby Goodfellow, leading scorer among the league's defensemen, and Doug Young, hard-hitting rear guardsman. So this, um, so that that kind of summarizes. Um, uh, so actually, I thought I said that wasn't Jack Adams. That was a Leo McDonald quote. I thought it was uh, Jack Adams. But so they're summarizing right there, sort of yeah. what's going on at this point in the season, and they're going great. Yeah, they're going great, and that's the last sort of thing I want to talk about for this. Um, for this episode, this this component. So we're leaving off at game 25, right. halfway through the season. The Red Wings are favorites. They're romping through the league. Everything yeah, yeah. is going fantastic. But we got to play the Blackhawks some more. We got to play the Blackhawks some more. <laughs> oh. and, there's a, and there's still a half of a season to go. Oh, my God. And without spoiling, right, I, was I was looking say, at like, this chart. Was, there's a couple of dips in this chart. Exactly. And so. That's, so, that, so, like a. You know, for anybody that's you know the you know paying attention, it's the little shaded red is what we talked about today. Yeah, yeah. And so you can see on this chart, looking and ahead, this is, uh, this this line here is uh, that's that's uh, first. So that's that's first place. And how many games they're ahead of first? place? Yes, and so that yeah, so it's a it's a timeline through the season. And so the first in that first part, they were the hitless wonders. They exactly. were not anywhere near close were, first place. Exactly. They were down. Uh, and now it's uh, there's a couple of dips. A in couple. It. <laughs> it's just a it's a wave. That's what All we're about right. to so get we're gonna to. Break is, the, we're going to break gonna the rest go, of this down. Yeah. So we're going to have two more episodes. We're really going to because those two dips that we're going to end up getting to, there was like I mean they were you know that's what we're going to spend we're going to spend what caused it and how they recovered exactly All that's right. what I mean so. You know everything's going right. They're like they're the favorites to win the NHL right championship. Right now, it's game Everything's going yeah. great. Everything is moving smooth. Santa's dropping off that trophy. Santa's got the, the trophy polished the rest it up. Of them. Yeah, he's got it all ready to go. But yeah, but just in any Joe. sport, in any sport, you cannot polish that trophy until it's on your mantle. No. You can't even begin to even look no. at it. So that's what I mean. So right now, we're gonna leave off. You know, halfway through the season, every you know everything's going great. You know, right. you're a fan of home. You're following the Red Wings. Everything's fine. Don't worry about anything that's uh, so the, nothing it, to see. Here. It's cool because it's uh, and they, they mentioned Joe Lewis, uh, the uncrowned champion. Yes, uh, in that article, and they got Joe Lewis mentioned here in this uh, illustration with Santa dropping off the awards. exactly. Uh, I was on the phone with Joe Lewis earlier this week. Joe Lewis uh, Jr. Joe uh, yeah. Lewis Barrow. Junior the third. We're gonna bring him on as a named, guest. Yeah. He named like uh, Joe named like three of his kids. Joe Lewis Junior. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're gonna but, bring him on the show uh, for the Joe because we haven't even got the Joe Lewis yet. The Joe the, Lewis story is incredible. The family is launching a, a kitchen, a, a restaurant here in Detroit. It, lo- it opens uh, this week. Uh, really, that's cool. Joe Lewis Southern Kitchen. Uh, maybe maybe that's might be kind of a cool spot to actually broadcast some so, of the Joe yeah, Lewis episodes uh, from because Joe Joe JoJo right. Uh, yeah. I was on the phone with him. JoJo is uh, he's from New York. Uh, but there's other members of the family. He's still here in the city, uh, but he's he's in New York mainly. Uh, but he's going to be in town. 
and uh, uh, yeah, so we might we might get JoJo to sit down with us. Yeah, we might cool. we might do it there. I'm not sure, but uh, that's coming up. We're going to be with and because yeah, we're, I, I'm dying to hear stories from him. And, and, and uh, well, we've got, him we talked to him on your other show on the mm-hmm. you know on some of the, on the, the other on show the man cave happy hour yeah yeah so. and um and he had some great stories like you know he was like talking about how he was a kid and there's like these massive you know people that we would you know are huge celebrities and for him it was just like oh yeah, yeah. his dad's friends yeah, like yeah. they're just kind of these guys that his dad knew you know so <laughs> but more with the red wings uh and and so much more about the the city of champions story thanks everybody hang, hanging out uh, the people that are watching live uh we appreciate you uh the people that watch and listen after the fact thanks we got our subscribers are in double digits over on youtube we're trying that's to add it. it our next goal is triple digits that's so it. anybody that's, that's anybody that's following us tell, you know, tell I, your friends about the show tell every them. single person that oh, i had a you know i had a birthday this week and um any uh you know the great the great birthday gift would be to go over and just give us a you know subscribe and there like yeah, hit the birthday. thumbs up button on the like you know and um you know every you know anything we can do we're trying to be like say bring this story back we're trying to just, you know yeah. try to do something a little different for this so. and again yeah thanks to pbs we'll put a link down yeah uh, check the pbs link out it's a cool little segment yeah it's uh yeah maybe we'll so. get bill on a show one of these days to talk about it because i want because of- i think it'd be great if maybe when we're finished talking with the red Wings, we can get bill on a show He's a you know producer for PBS that did this segment. He did mm-hmm. a wonderful job on this, and um, and I want to know because Bill, this is what's interesting, is that Jamie, you're bit by the City of Champions bug. Would oh, you? Totally, totally, yeah, totally. Like I was, and like Tom, you know our, our you know our, our buddy Tom. Yeah. Tom's been hooked on it for. 30, 40 years, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe the viewers at home, you were watching this, you're also getting bit by the bug. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, you know? And so, um, Bill, so Bill Kubota, the guy that filmed this, you know, he spent six hours filming this for this segment. Um, he's been bitten by the bug. Oh, yeah. Because, and I want to talk to him about what his experiences is because up until really maybe like a month ago, he had pretty much never heard of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to know, like, you know, to somebody that's sort of a newbie to the being bit by that bug, like what it's, <laughs> I want to talk to him about what his, um, you know, like, what's, what's keeping, yeah, what's in his mind, like, what's going in his mind, what's uh-huh. like, what does he think, you know, like how, um, you know, what does he think about, I want to know his, because he did a lot of time interviewing me and getting right. all these questions out of me. I want to know what his um, you know how what his perspective is and all this, and I'm gonna eventually we're gonna get to your perspective on it too, Jamie, because this is you know. But you get used to. You I just kinda, enjoy the story. I just yeah. love the the rich names and the wonderful language, uh, the Detroit history, uh, the sports history. Because uh, I'm not a sports guy any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But I just love Detroit, and I love Detroit history, and I love positive things about the city. Uh, and this is just an amazing positive thing about the city that's been forgotten, and yeah. it shouldn't be. And, yeah. And, uh, no, I, it's just. I, and I it's, thank you for all the work it's such you did a to bring big, back. And it's such a big thing that all yeah. the teams win in the same season. Like, in a seven-month stretch of time, it's the most. I mean, it's just like you know, go back to the orgy words. So we can use it in our title. Yeah. <laughs> it's an orgy of victory. It's an orgy of championships and winning the likes of which have never been experienced in the history of orgy this country, of perhaps in the history of the world. And it's uh, like, where's, you know, like, you know, oh, you know, that happened a long time ago. Yeah, it doesn't change how great it was, though. It's like, I didn't know the, the, the PBS thing aired. And then you told me, "Oh, dude, I sent you the link," and I didn't. I never I'm got the terrible. link. You, you reset it anyway. So I'm terrible with links. The next, I'm terrible the with sharing very, stuff. It's I'm terrible funny. with the social media. No, no, stuff. it's funny. The very next day, um, I'm like, "Dude, I was on it. And I was in it." Yeah, you know? you're in it. And and, and I didn't. <laughs> James you know, in it. I but I was at school, and I was like, nobody mentioned this to me. And I was at school, and we was like Teacher Appreciation Week, and so they were like they had bagels out for us and some coffee, and so I was grabbing a bagel and some coffees, and another teacher was like, "Hey, Jamie, I saw you on TV last week." Oh, they did see you. Okay, yeah. so you did hear from somebody. And else. I was like, "Oh, I go, yeah, I go. It's uh, you know, it's a really, it's, it's a really it cool a story. It's a it's a podcast that I'm doing with that the guy that was the main part of it. Uh, you know, he wrote these books and he's telling me the stories. I go, it's really cool. He's like, ah, it was, it was cool. He's like, I saw you and I heard your voice, and I'm like, ah, thanks, you know. But like the administrator, you thought you were talking about the podcast, but he was talking about the PBS. He said, yeah, he saw the PBS yeah. thing. And so, like, my administrators were all hanging out over there. And they're like, well, Jamie, what is he talking about? I go, I go, it's, uh, you know, the 1935 year in Detroit. Uh, and I just gave him a really quick synopsis. I said, you know, the Wings, the Lions, the Tigers, yeah. 30 other championships. 33 total championships. One, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, Joe Lewis, Walter Hagen, yeah. Gar Wood, you know, Sukar, the horse. 
I go, I, I go, it's just, it's an amazing story. I go, and, I, and Charles, I go, it, it, we do a podcast, and, and, and Charles is telling me the story. And I go, somebody at PBS heard about it and was enamored by the story, and they do a little feature about it on, on the thing. It's pretty cool. And they're like, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. And then they emailed me later, hey, can you send me a link to that? Oh, good. <laughs> so, so I sent them links to, to Yeah, the, so that's what I mean. So, like, you know, we're, we'll put this thing out there. If you want to, we, maybe we can put it on Facebook or something or so, you know, get yeah. some traction for it. We'll put it on our you know, links. So, but it was, it was cool. It was like, people are like, but they didn't, I was like, did you know? And they're like, no, we didn't. They're like, that's amazing. I go, I know, and nobody knows. Well, one of the cool things about the about the thing, you know, it's, it's just sort of an overview of all the stuff. Like, I'm, I'm in the store that I'm in every day. Like, they keep filming me in the store to kind of show what my daily life is like. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. Um, but one of the one of the interesting things was there's this one day where uh, the ceiling at the store that I'm in, it's called Inspire Marketplace. It's uh, uh, that, that day that we have two different locations, one at 12 Oaks Mall in Novi and one it at Park like there was Street. some water damage. Yeah. So I'm in these stores every day. It's a it's a basically like a year round indoor art show. Right. And uh, anybody that's listening to this and wants to stop by Inspire Marketplace and say hi, I'm in there every day. I work seven days a week. So I'm either at, I'm at 12 Oaks Mall four or five days a week and then I'm at Parker's Creek the other two or three days. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, on this particular day, uh, the, the ceiling, there's a water pipe broke up in the ceiling. Ugh. And so the entire, like, the, we got a call from security. Like, I it got a call from security saying there's water pouring out from underneath the, the store, like out of the, underneath the doorway into the mall. And that. Like, it's, you know, it was ugly. And so, I, you know, I had to go in there and everything. And so the word, you know, there was no casualties. Just everything was fine Ugh. except... Except my stuff, your books, <laughs> my books. You kept your. I, I lost, it looked like I lost a full case of books. Oh. I lost a full case of books, which which the value of that was like. I mean, I did this sort of appraisal in my head. Retail value of the loss was probably between six and eight hundred dollars. Right, right. It's a significant loss. Yeah. And when you print books, you have to print you know, like you, you know when you like if I want to print book three, it costs like fifteen thousand right, dollars. Right, right. You can't just no, do yeah, print yeah. like ten books. No, you got to replace this massive load. So like. You know, every book is key. And so, um, anyways, Bill was filming this PBS, and he calls me up as I'm, like, I got, like, rubber gloves on. I'm, like, you know, throwing, there's, like, asbestos or something that fell out of the ceiling. I'm cleaning all this garbage. Yeah, I up. could tell the footage. I'm, like, hey, he looks like he's yeah. cleaning up a flood. Yeah, I was yeah. throwing books away. I was throwing them in boxes. Everything was wet, trying to salvage whatever I could. And I was just, you know, just kind of miserable. And Bill calls me up, and he's, like, Hey man, you know, are you at your job? You know, are you, are you at the uh, store right now? And I said, you know, I want to get some footage. And I said, you know what? It might actually be kind of a cool moment because it shows like the reality of being a bookseller. It's like because <laughs> a lot of times people, you know, they see yeah. like author, like oh, congratulations, I mean, I'm being an author. I'm like, dude, the this, author part was the easy, fun part. The selling of the books is the much more difficult part. This because this is like, what you do. You sell your book. Yeah, I'm a, this is all. I, this is my full time thing. It's not like yeah. you're, you know, an accountant or a, no. a computer repairman no. or no. This is what I do. You're full-time. an author and you sell your book. Yeah, so I'm the well, author slash publisher. The publisher is the part where you sell the book. Right, you know? right. A lot of people go, "Oh my God, you're published." You know, like basically all publishing means is that you're making your product available for sale. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, that's really all it means. And so like. So the, the the author part, like, you know, that's the fun. You're, like, sitting there, like, you know, listening to music and typing and writing the next great American masterpiece. Oh, God, I'm so inspired. So it's so great. And then, but yeah. then, like, the real, that's why I was so happy that but this part, because Bill came in there. I told him, I said, yo, I'm cleaning up these books. It might be kind of a good little angle to show what the reality right. of the book business is. It's not as simple as just going and living in the clouds and going, oh, I publish books and write books. And yeah. I'm going to write, like I said, publish a great American masterpiece. The reality is much different, like which is like slogging through, throwing away wet books, and you know, you know, the, the brutality of it. And so not I'm everybody, told, not everybody gets it. It's 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 well, more people are getting it now because the culture is shifting towards it, towards the gig economy and uh, entrepreneurship, right? And, yeah. And, and ten years ago, fifteen years ago, entrepreneurs were uh, an eclectic breed. Um, it, it's becoming the gig economy now. It's, it's it, people are more mercenary now than ever. Before. I've been mercenary for ten, right? Ten years. So, I, but I think it's why I connect because I mean that's like you know my DJ stuff has just always been this yeah. mercenary thing, you know. And it, it's it's uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. But it's like I said, it's you know, but it, but that segment was so great because yeah. because what I told Bill was I said this might be a great little you know sure come on and take a look at the store. Um, but it might be kind of cool to see um, 
but you know, kind of like it, it might be nice a little cut to show me like throwing out these books. And yeah. Like this is Charles's, you know, the you know, reality. reality There's yeah. a little reality besides the highfalutin, you know, you know, Charles does this, Charles does that. Like yeah. this is reality, some of it. And um, so I, and I also told him, I said, I'm about to throw out like six hundred dollars worth of books, right? <laughs> um, so if these books like make it on camera and kind of convey this little moment where it shows. You know, it makes it onto film. Sure. Then these, then it really wasn't necessarily a waste. At least they got something. At least they had some I purpose. Saw I saw that they were. I saw that they were cooked. Yeah, yeah they were cooked. Do you need to start about... a GoFundMe for you? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> what I'm saying, but I thought, but I just thought it was kind of interesting because I'm like, the, you know, one second ago, this was they were a total loss. Yeah, they were a total yeah, loss. Yeah, they had yeah. they they were printed. They never served any function. Nobody got to read them. Well, now they're cool B-roll in, in but the, now they're the, B-roll in a film. So in I'm the, like, yeah. I was like, so, so they actually had a little bit of a purpose. They served a purpose. So it made me feel a lot better about the value. All right. So scroll awesome. down to the description, wherever you're at, uh, in, in YouTube or in, uh, what you call it? Um, Facebook, the audio, wherever you're listening to the fine audio, Spotify, Apple yeah, Music. Audio. Uh, and there'll be a link there for the PBS thing. You can see Charles throwing away books. Yeah, that's what I, mean. I just love that segment because, I, like I say, I just love it because those poor books, yeah. you know, they wanted to serve their purpose, they but did. they were destroyed. They and, really did. But they served something. You know, they, they actually did get seen before they were thrown out. So they purpose. they actually did. There was a moment of glory for those before they before they met their demise. So. All right, we prattled on long enough. We're gonna do it again. You prattled on long enough. These I know we were wrapping games. up, and I, I, I like well, started we get distracted. James. I we're know it's fun, man. Yeah, we're good. We, these viewers are still hanging in there with us. They what? You know, we, we got. You know, we're gonna right. step out of these buildings and there's gonna be people going, "Oh my God, James!" So, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> like, subscribe, follow, leave a comment. Uh, we appreciate. Uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, Charles, I appreciate all the work. Appreciate that you, you, Jamie, man. Here. Love doing yeah. the show with you, man. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.